0: Welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest today is Heather Jackson, co-founder of Gen M. Now, Heather has founded several organizations such as the Women's Business Forum and the Balance Business Forum and spent decades helping organizations to draw out the best from their talent and enable them to reach their full potential regardless of gender. Now as co-founder of Gen M, she realizes that for the world to reap the experience, networks and skills that women of menopause age can bring, we need to ensure they're fully supported their sake and ours, welcome along heather
1: well thank you very much for having me it's great to be on and also thank you to to you for doing this podcast because there's many many women out there and many people who think about doing things and don't and and then there's those that do and i've got to congratulate you on taking yourself into a position and, and and promoting something that needs to be talked about and um and midlife as our report shows of the gen M invisibility report we absolutely are an invisible audience and it's only through people like yourself can we become visible again. So thank you very much for that.
0: Well, we're, we're the, the generation that refuses to go quietly as uh, as I'm sure we will talk about a little bit more in due course, but, um, I'd really love to hear about your journey to launching Gen M with your, you have a co-founder, Sam Simister, who's not on the interview. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> um, was there a particular light bulb moment for the two of you that convinced you that this was a good space to launch a business into? Well, well,
1: both of us have had successful careers in our own rights going through and uh, we've been of a privileged generation to be able to have that choice and control to take our careers to where we've wanted to go. Sam very much in the corporate world and she's an executive at Innocent now. She's been there for I think it's about 15 years and uh, on the board and I've had an entrepreneurial successful career building businesses and working with corporate companies. So we've both been in a, in a generation of women that we've been role models we've moved things forward and obstacles that you know were holding women back in the past when rightfully you know it's it's about allowing the best talent to lead so we were very much focused on our careers on our lives but also making change happen and we were both you know got to where we wanted to be in the careers and I'd actually cashed in on my business um I decided I was going to have a Thelma and Louise
0: part of my life. <laughs> um, not not the I, bit where you drive drive over the cliff. No, but then, I was no, prepared no. to
1: drive to the cliff and then back <laughs> to turn it around again. Because I would like to That's see good. a non-menopausal version of Thelma and Louise where they actually have that moment of turning the car around and going no this is my life now and this is going to be great but obviously it didn't at that time because I actually believe that it is written about two menopausal women but they just didn't recognize they were in menopause mm. anyway moving on from that um I was having a Thelma and Louise period of life I've, I've been a single mother all my life of two kids and um rightfully and non guiltily it was my time to have my time there were two mm. kids who've grown up got their own lives now and left home for all the right reasons I'd had an incredible career and, 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 and done everything. And for the first time in my life, I got some cash in the bank as well. So it was like, this is my time. Anyway, I took a year out climb Kilimanjaro base camp Everest on my bucket list without being able to do a bucket list because I'd had a bad diagnosis I was doing a a bucket list because this had been on my list and I was gonna go on and do it but in that year I started to feel really terrible I was very emotional I was very fatigued and you might go well you've just been to base camp Everest but I was incredibly fit and we as women were astute we know our bodies we know our minds we know when we're not feeling right and I started to have um incredible fatigue where the doctors thought i got thyroid problems, then I was over emotional, the kids thought I'd gone batshit crazy. Um, you know, I was just so over the top and everyone was saying it was because I'd Packed in on my, pu- I'd lost my purpose in life, and I'm like right. going, no, my purpose I've in just life, just found not my business. <laughs> and to get to this point, you know, it's like my God. Anyway, having had thyroid test, cancer test, because my joints and everything were aching, the, the the dementia test, because actually I was having such br- bad brain fog with the board, boards I was still on in the end you'll have heard all the stories now and everyone seems it seems to be the same thing I was diagnosed as depressed I was getting put antidepressants and actually I came out the doctors almost laughing because I'd gone nine times to the doctors and each time I wanted a diagnosis I wanted to have something because I knew I wasn't feeling right and it just seemed quite laughable that my kids were in a good place. They were happy. I'd got my business cashed in on. I was having my Thelma and Louise time. And yet, this is what depression looks like. And I was like thinking, well, if this is just it's not adding up. anybody else. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But at that point, you're just going to go, just give me something because mm-hmm. I need to sort myself out here. Anyway, bumped into Sam, had lunch with her. And she said, my God, what's happened, Heather, to you? You know, I, I'd lost a lot of weight. I was emotional. I'd lost my confidence. And this is a woman she'd seen... 18 months ago, ready to, you know, live my life at, at the top. And um, I just burst into tears at the dinner table. And I said, I'm, I've been diagnosed depressed. And yet, I don't think it, but I really aren't feeling myself. So she said, come out to Portugal. And so she said, I'm working there. So I went out to Portugal because that's what you can do when you've cashed in on a business and, <laughs> and you haven't got a proper job. And um, whilst I was there, she said, Heather, I actually don't think you're depressed. I think you're perimenopausal. And i would never ever what? heard the word. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she went back into the office and I did as you do, went on a sunbed and I took my laptop and Googled perimenopausal. And it was like, oh my God, I'm perimenopausal. I'm perimenopausal. I was so happy. It was like, wow, this is what I am. <laughs> I'd died, you know, I'd got something like 28 out of the 32 symptoms I could see there. But it was like, it was, it was just a clarification of it's like the not- little light bulb moment, yeah, isn't absolutely. it?
0: Why didn't anyone tell me? (laughs) And
1: for a woman who'd had a career, who'd even thought about when she was having her kids and everything else, all my life I've planned, everything I've done in it, and yet I felt completely angry at myself that I'd allowed myself to get knocked over by a bus that I didn't see coming when everything in my life i prepared for. And actually... When Sam sat sat in Portugal over numerous bottles of wine, and she told me her menopause story, then we started to realize that, you know, if we as as intelligent women, well, she's more intelligent than me, but as intelligent-ish women, and we could get knocked over, how on earth do, you know, should this happen? And, you know, my previous business had helped and supported 30,000 women take their careers from middle management forward with 150 global organizations. And I suddenly realised, if I'm feeling like this, mm. how many women have we set up to fail that? They've now built the careers. They're now on a trajectory. I can be anything. And, and yeah. they're going to get knocked over. So both Sam and I, obviously... Um, Start talking more about perimenopause and how you know three four years ago it wasn't the same as it is now you know mm. you, you googled it and it was just disparate and everything else and thanks to people like Dr Louise Newsom and Davina and everybody else you know the case for the medical side is much more pr- 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 prominent now sorry about that with my words but <laughs> let's be honest we didn't actually go to the doctors to find out about puberty we shouldn't need to be take, going to the doctors, our first port of call for menopause. Mm.
0: And actually, just well, certainly like, not
1: nine times and still, oh, still not come not. out with an answer. But <laughs> equally, you know, society needs to be better geared upon this. And then if we have big troubles with it, we go to the doctors. Mm. But, you know, menopause is is like a marathon. And you wouldn't, you know, it can last up to 15 years. And I actually nonchalantly thought it was just that one day, your periods haven't been for a year. And actually, how hard could it be? Your period stop, end of story. Yeah. Do you know what I oh, mean? No. It's like, well, oh, get a life, Heather. It's not going to be that hard, menopause. I was never prepared for the up to 15 years of perimenopause and never prepared for the fact it's like puberty. You know, we actually, if anyone out there's had got kids going through teenage times and everything else, and we we think back of how we were when we were teenagers, we accepted those, they were going to be monosyllabic, they were going to be spotty, they were going to slam the door, they were going to be angry, you know, and actually we'd give them a cup of tea and a hug when they came out of the room or whatever, we supported them. You try being 53 years and monosyllabic and slamming the door and bursting in tears, it just doesn't (laughs) have that same effect. So we started to look at back to the marathon, you know, why is it that everyone's... Taking us down the route of HRT. Now, do not get me wrong. HRT is for some people and, and it can help, but it's not the one silver bullet. Mm-hmm. And actually, any woman here who thinks that going to the doctors and getting in HRT is going to absolutely be the only thing you need to do wrong. It's You've got to be better prepared emotionally, physically and mentally. Let's remind ourselves that the change is the change. And why is it called the change? Because it changes everything from the hair products we need to the body care to the clothes we might consider wearing to the bedding we might need you know if you're going to transition and have up to 15 years of your life in a, in a transition but be better prepared for it and make the experience better you're going to have to adapt accordingly just as much as you won't get up and run a marathon you train for it you prepare for it you buy the right kit including the trainers you'd, you'd eat the right food you get the right sleep well actually the menopause is no different you need to look at if we're going to be the generation of women who have the privilege to absolutely mm. have the chance of living longer post production than pre reproduction, we surely want to live it to be the, the best version of ourselves and the healthiest at, throughout it. Because I don't know about you or any of your listeners, but I don't want a long life if it's going to be unhealthy and all. Do, do you know what I mean? I want to be, I want to own my age. So Sam and I started to talk more about what could we do about perimenopause and menopause. And we we got it down to the nuts and bolts that actually it's a societal issue, and we need to we need to normalize the conversation. We need to normalize the conversation. And the first thing we needed to do was raise the fact that there's 48 symptoms of menopause and perimenopause when the average woman, never mind man, only know between three and five. So how can we understand or activate ourselves onto something? How can companies understand it better? How can companies? or brands make products that are going to help us if none of us really understand what menopause is. Mm. And it's 48 symptoms. So Sam and I decided that, wouldn't it be great if, one, we could normalise the conversation by raising the awareness of the symptoms and supporting it better. Second point, normalise the conversation for society. And third, then actually celebrate this period of life, not look at it negatively, and actually reap the benefits of the women that we are, the most skilled, experienced networked not just in the workplace in life in general and actually have that ability to absolutely have be at the pinnacle of our life not at the end end of it so we then start to think well how on earth are we going to do that and actually we both had very brand oriented oriented corporate careers and the power of brands and the reach of brands from colleague to consumer is incredible and if we could get these brands on board to understand that, one, we want us to come on board to raise the awareness of menopause, but not just for their work colleague, for their consumer as well. Raise the symptoms, raise the awareness, and then commit to not only support and understand it better for that work colleague in the workplace, but look to your consumer. Look at how they need to be marketed. Look at how maybe, maybe the services they needed to do. Look at how possibly we should give them better experiences. And I will liken it to That was a light bulb moment for the companies we're working with is 2% of the population in the UK alone are pure vegans. Now, you look at 2% and you look at how much marketing, understanding, Mm. support, signposting, product creation and development is done for 2% of the population. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's absolutely right. But the supported, you, you learn even in your store experience, you won't put a meat counter next to the vegan counter because that's insultive. So why in a store when there's, of the population at any one time menopausal, why wouldn't you think about this audience and why wouldn't you learn to serve it better and support it better? Even by, if you look now nonchalantly, how many of the big stores, if you go in to look for something, maybe you're looking for some supplements and I'm not going to name a store or whatever, but you can go in and you're looking for a menopause supplement or something to help you menopause and it's in the darkest, deepest depths of Peru along with any period products they've got or anything else. But actually, they've put them in the darkest depths of Peru when actually, if they really thought that this woman could be fatigued, she could be overwhelmed, she could be emotional. What mm. are you doing to that woman when she's, you're making it hard? You need you need the products at the front of the door with a big Belisha beacon, because believe me, you do not want a menopausal woman in your store having a breakdown. <laughs> wandering around. Do, do you, do been to me? this. I so, couldn't see it last time. Can't see it now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? So Sam and I decided if we could bring the power of the brands together to bring them together and be the menopause partner of brands and unite them to understand this come together but help us with campaigns they unite and write work with us they work with us on products services and campaigns inside their organization as well and instead of having menopause as an issue that they needed to think for dni inclusion and wellness they thought of mm-hmm. it as a business issue that impacts every part of their business because. of menopausal and midlife women feel unseen by brands. And I don't just mean by unseen by products that they've got for them, but in adverts, in campaigns and everything. So we could unite them to understand this audience better and serve it better. And so we built Gen M and it is the menopause partner of bands. We launched on the 1st of October. And as of today, five months later, we've got 60 of the most incredible Brands on board, including Marks and Spencers, including Boots, including Holland and Barrett's and the Royal Mail, Uh, you name it, we've got them next to come on board. And you might be. And actually, if you think about that, that's a a commitment from companies saying, one, we recognize that we've all got a role to play here. No one's got menopause right as society. But in our own way, we can actually work together on this and, and push it out and promote it. So, you know. Be the change you want to see. We hadn't got the ability to make change happen within the menopause, but we had the connections and the acumen to build a business proposition around these brands to use their power to absolutely make change happen. And isn't that what we want to see? We don't want activism. We want collaboration in life. And collaboration delivers the results we want to see. So that's what Gen M does. We unite partners. We give them incredible assets and products to actually understand this better. We handhold them right through their business, to every part of how to support it better for work, colleague and consumer. And in our way, we're doing our little bit to make change happen. And we will be going global. It's many of the organisations now, once in America, Canada, New Zealand. And you might go, well, that's not exactly global, Heather. No, we've got to go to the English speaking countries mm. first because... Because of the culture and everything else, we seem to be ahead of the conversation in menopause. And don't get me wrong, our research, we want to be the most inclusive menopause partner of brands. Because, you know, it's every woman and anyone in trans will go into, into certain parts of menopause. And we need to normalize that conversation and understand what regards to your culture, your ethnicity or your sexuality, we have to adapt it. But it will be a lot easier to roll that ball in America where, where they're ready to have this change and everything else. But then we move across the world then because you know, whether you're in India or Asia or whatever, if you're a woman, you're going to enter menopause. And no, and I think sadly for many of us in, in life, we've actually gone into denial about menopause. We've pretended it's not gonna happen or it's gonna to happen to somebody else. It's not for us. And actually, it's the one thing apart from death, we're guaranteed eventually every woman will go into menopause and you know on that sobering thought let's stop actually denying ourselves it and actually look into it prepare for it and have a better experience because anyone can go and climb a mountain but if you're wearing flip-flops and a bikini your experience might of it might not be as good as if you got the right boots on the right kit and the right nutrition inside you and and, and you're prepared with your safety pack as well that's all we have to do for menopause and i say that's all you know you've heard some horrific stories really recently of really bad cases of menopause and it you know we do need to make sure that those don't happen highest rate of suicide Mm. is in women in perimenopausal years highest rate of divorces and relationship breakdowns the same but the average woman will say my menopause isn't that bad and I call out to any woman who says that to say actually it's 2022 now and not that bad suggests it could be better don't yeah. I deserve better? And don't I deserve to do something for myself and my family that will make me feel better? And my work hours. And actually, in making doing that for myself, we can actually encourage our employers and our friends and our partners to understand it better and help them understand it as well. So, please don't think. I'm on a nag here or I'm talking at your listeners, but I do ask that they be become the change we want to see. This isn't just about talking menopause, man or woman. This isn't just about moaning about it or talking you know, negatively all the time about it. It's actually changing the awareness, changing the conversation and actually having more people recognise that it's not a disease, it's a transition. And it's a transition that can impact us for many, many years So make that journey experience better than, than you currently are having it.
0: Mm. You, you touched on, um, you know, um, the sort of suicide rates in this particular uh, kind of demographic and, and your last campaign actually was um, Misunderstanding Menopause Shatters Lives um, and the inspiration for that was um, uh, someone called David Salmon whose wife tragically yeah. took her own life and worked with you on that. What, what sort of response did you get to the campaign oh. and did you do you feel like, those psychological symptoms are getting kind of the traction and the attention that they they really should be they, they are slowly
1: getting that attention um and again we've got to be honest and we've got to talk about it so mm. the story of david salmon and our shattered campaign was menopause um, misunderstanding menopause shatters lives and david to be fair to him i mean an inspiration excuse me I've got hiccups an inspirational gentleman who in the first lockdown his wife works at worked at Sainsbury's um absolutely had a normal life you know just went to Sainsbury's did a job came back to the home and they were a happy family and everything else and in the first lockdown she started to get what they thought was mild anxiety and obviously she went David said look we we need to go to the doctor with this it's and Mm -hmm. the doctors obviously looked at you were in covid your you front line and everything else mm. and you know maybe maybe it's just everyone's anxious at this moment don't worry too much about it now this is not critical of the doctors at this stage and it's not critical of david and it's not critical of linda who was an incredibly difficult but time but, to yeah.
0: disentangle those things absolutely one from another. but she
1: had been having hot sweats and different things but both her and david D- David just thought, oh, it's a change and, and everything else. You've just got your hot sweats. And she just didn't open up and talk about it. She was more worried about the anxiety that was being faced. Anyway, sadly, three weeks after her appointment at the doctor, she sadly took her own life from out of nowhere. And David obviously bereft with his family. But three months later, he sat watching Look North and a documentary about menopause. And he realised that Linda had been going through menopause much more more symptoms on 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 the mental and emotional and physical things than actually he'd actually really warranted and he broke down because he felt that had he known more never mind linda knowing more then they could have supported each other through this and possibly she may still be here today. And he wanted to do a call out just as much as Rod Stewart's done recently of actually saying, we as men have a role to play as society. And, you know, whether you're married to a man or in a relationship with a man, woman or anyone, your partner has a role to play as well. But men are not, not part of this. You know, we we need them on board. We need them understanding. And they do have a role to play here, whether it be as a partner, a work colleague or a friend or a son or, or a son, you know, we, we can't go through this alone. And that the way that we can make change happen is not just talking about it mesically and thinking, look, I'll sort myself out, I'll go to the doctor and it's between me and my doctor. No, this is actually something we've all got a role to play in and we do need more men understanding of it and better prepared. And indeed, we can hopefully save more lives that way as well. But it's not just about saving lives because, you know, at the end of the day, we hope that there's not as many, you know, suicide isn't. You know, every woman on here who's menopausal, hopefully, won't won't be at that stage. But it can, men coming into the conversation not only can save lives, but it can certainly make lives better as well. And that's what we want. We want women to have a better experience of menopause today than they had yesterday.
0: Mm. And not
1: everyone might
0: particularly get to that
1: breaking Absolutely point, not, but no. you can
0: still have, you know, a, a really severe impact whether it's as you say physical mental and, and emotional you know what?
1: you're so right it actually it's not any one particular symptom of menopause it's actually the culmination of one after the other after the other that it becomes a breaking point do you know what I mean and if you're not recognizing it and accepting mm-hmm. it and actually looking towards some of those symptoms and what might I be able to do for it even I I was one of these women who poo-pooed yoga I really really did you know it was just like you know I hadn't got time for it. It was just like, who wants to learn about breathing out? Well, actually, you could breathe in, out, and get on with your job and get on with your life and run your kids and everything else. Actually, one of the biggest eh, terrible experiences I had of perimenopause, and I had it without knowing I was in perimenopause, was I was rushed to hospital in, in Scotland I was uh, in, when I had my previous business. And I was rushed there with sharp sh- sharp chest pains. In the middle of the night, I thought, um, I thought I'd got a... a, a a boulder on, on my chest i couldn't mm-hmm. breathe i was and they everyone thought i was having a heart attack i was rushed to hospital 48 hours later i've been tested for you know they indeed thought i was having a heart attack then they thought I might be on, on on a stroke 48 hours later they came to the conclusion i'd had a panic attack now please this is not derogative panic attacks this is my naivety i thought panic attacks were for wimps and i mean that lightly so that no you know mm-hmm. it was like something minor yeah yeah paper bag don't you get a paper bag and everything else and i pleaded with the hospital to not let me out to my kids without giving me something more than a panic attack on the piece of. they won't believe me
0: no but do you know what i mean
1: it felt pathetic but actually it's the most frightening experience i've ever had And from this day now onwards, I will never, ever underestimate the power of how bad a panic attack can be and equally give it the respect it duly deserves. So I know I started talking about it lightly, but Mm -hmm. believe me, I absolutely understand. And and once I start to research perimenopause, one of the symptoms is anxiety, low Mm self-esteem, and it can go into panic attacks. And so for me, unbeknown three years earlier, I was entering it and that was my trigger. Now, again, I went to yoga then and it absolutely became, I I went to yoga and then I learned to eat better and nutrition and exercise have been a massive factor on, on my experience of menopause. And I would urge any woman on here who's struggling to actually do some of the things that you take yourself out of your comfort zone, do some of the things like strength exercise, do the yoga, look to a better lifestyle of nutrition because unfortunately our generation of women And many of them will be on this this podcast. or relate. I've been through every diet in the in the world, from Atkins (laughs) to Cambridge to cabbage soup. You know, because our generation, we weren't brought up on nutrition information. We were brought up on calorie Mm -hmm. counting. And if you think about it, many of us have been in calorie deficit, or it's all been about the calories and the size that you know. What could we get into that size eight or whatever we'd chosen it to be. We were never thinking about what actually we were putting in our bodies on a nutritional point of view. It was on the calories. And that has had a detriment to the way we live our lives. And actually my body was nutriently empty and without the right nutrients i mean you wouldn't put diesel in an engine in a, in a petrol car so so unless you're putting the right nutrients in how can we expect our brain to function better our body to function and i don't want to sound like a born again christian but actually you know changing my lifestyle of my food has made a massive massive difference to my menopause symptoms i've still gone on to hrt and i'll confess that not as a confession of oh, I didn't talk about it. But actually, I decided that if I was doing all the great things in it, if I could feel good, could I feel great? Mm-hmm. But I do know that if I hadn't, I think HRT would have only made me feel good. It couldn't have made me feel great. Combining everything together can make you feel great. And, you know, some people are happy with just good. And
0: yeah. that's fine.
1: But if I you, think want, that's... you know, Yeah, so... it's
0: been a really interesting kind of journey doing the podcast and finding out about all of those sort of contributory Factors like you say, like the sort of the the nutrition and the strength training, stress as well being another massive one. I mean, we're not all necessarily going to be able to extract every bit of stress out of our lives because you know, let's be realistic, that's not. I actually think we
1: need some as well. You know. It, let's be careful what we wish for a little bit of stress doesn't do us any harm it's like an adrenaline kick or whatever else do you know what i mean so we don't want to actually live a, a very grey life or anything these things are the bits that make our lives ups and downs and gives us a curve, curve balls. but equally we don't have to go on a roller coaster necessarily when actually if you just want to go on the sort of small ride of the children's fairground you don't have to go on that big dipper if you don't want to go on it if we we handle it better
0: one of the things that you, you obviously look at with your uh, partners your, your founding partners is um, the sort of marketing and advertising side um, and I think that's I mean I hope that is something that, that they're looking to change because so often we do get these kind of stock images of you know sad woman with head in hands or fanning themselves because they're having a hot flush and I don't know, we, we, well, we don't well, see
1: firstly, ourselves in those yeah, images. I mean, 52% of our, our our big research we did said that they just felt unseen in adverts and everything else. I mean, it's a massive side alongside being feeling like the brands were letting us down anyway. But it's not entirely all the brand's faults, and I have to hold it out here, that if you go into a stockpile of photographs like a bird mm. in that where they take all these things from, if they're not doing their own shoot, it's quite... Even building our website, we struggle to get type menopause menopausal women (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's it's poorly there. So there is a massive call out. But we as women in that midlife power should be putting ourselves out for modelling that because you know you cannot they can only pick up models and everything else and 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 images if Mm -hmm. if they're there to be taken. So we as midlife women owe it to the next generation down to show them what midlife women look like and i mean that we're looking for authenticity we're looking for difference you know and we don't always just want to see a perfectly manicured 50 year old woman you know it's either (laughs) extremes it's either the fan as you've said in the hot sweat or this incredible woman that we can't many of us aspire to look like or be do you know what i mean so it's authenticity and i think you know like companies like Duff, when they did all their you know mm. the changing of the body shapes i think we're going to we're very nearly there with the brands and everything else but it is going to take time and we've also got to remember within these organizations and the marketing departments there's not that many menopausal people in there do you know what i mean so actually have you know you've got the young vibrant crowd in there who actually have no idea what this audience are going through and don't see mm. them so we owe it to ourselves to be much more vocal and, 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 and talking about why we need to be seen. And, you know, we are your customers. so just show us, show us the face of your customer, not what you think we look like, but what we do look like, you know.
0: And do you think, do you think those brands are getting it? Are um, they, are massively. They, yeah.
1: massive. Well, back to that 20% audience <laughs> share. You know, you mm. find me of a company coming out of COVID who doesn't want to understand any sector of their audience better and really dig deep and think, how can we do this better now? Because I think COVID has helped a lot of people think differently, whether that's at home or at work. And actually, how better can we live life? How better can we treat ourselves? How better can, what, what's our purpose here and, and, and what is my role in life? And I, I do think, you know, whether it be the employer, the agency or or the 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 ourselves as as human beings we're all looking much more deeply into that right now and uh so i do think it will have a positive give it time because campaigns and money mm. that, you know and even products it takes time to come through but all I can tell tell you is the seeds are being sown, and if you sow the seeds in, my grandad was a, a guy, you know, he was a miner, but he had an allotment. And you <laughs> say it's not just about sowing the seed; it's about servicing it and putting it in the right conditions. Any 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 seed will grow, but will it grow strong and beautiful? Only if it's put in the best conditions and fed and watered well. I can assure you now that there's many organisations and sixty definite ones on on our books that are actually putting those seeds in the right conditions to grow and flourish and so whether it be marketing whether it be servicing whether it be signposting whether it be product development whether it be advertising and campaigns you are going to see a massive difference but it, they're only going to start really coming through in the 18 months two years time mm.
0: takes time for that all to trickle down it does it does and and what are your goals for gen m for the next kind of couple of years right well well with gen
1: m i mean obviously we believe that we will be at over 100 brands by this time next year and we will will be on the verge of going global with our gen m campaign and and, and drawing united the world together on this and being the global menopause partner of brands but what do i see in the short term as we're building with these partners one much more campaigns our campaign for october for world menopause Mm -hmm. month will be an incredible campaign that unites the brands to actually push the message out so you know you'll, you'll see much more awareness of menopause and the so what and actually that relief that Brunson organisations are behind this not because they're feeling legislative are being dictated a bit because they want to do it and they understand it better i want to be able to walk into stores and things and the future will be menopause aisles just as much you've got a gluten-free and a vegan aisle mm-hmm. we want to see with gen m that uh, the menopause friendly badge that we've created will over the next 18 months two years by working with these organizations be as prolific on products as a vegan and a gluten-free badge because once upon a time you looked at a vegan product and you thought oh i can't have that that's for vegans." Now I go, oh, I can have that, but it's also vegan friendly as well. Well, let's be honest menopause hits us the most in time, untimely inconvenience. We don't want to have to find it hard to search out things. I want to be able to go into a store and see food that I could eat, but equally if I want a quick ready made made meal, oh, you could have this or that, but that one's menopause friendly. Oh, I'll take that one because I know I'm gonna have some healthy food in there that would do me good. It's not gonna get rid of your menopause, but it's certainly not going to make it worse. And and many of that I want to go into a bedding shop and see, oh, this is menopause friendly. Oh, mm. that'll mean it breathes well and it wickers me. So if I get a hot sweat, I'm not gonna wake up cold in the night. It'll dry it you know i want to be able to put makeup on that actually isn't going to run down my face when i'm in a hot flush or whatever you know these so i want to find a foundation that is menopause friendly now many of these companies that we're working with have got products that do this they've just done Sorry, us away. Or, or, or 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 bring it up to us because we're that invisible audience so again mm-hmm. as i've said for the, the future is the recognition that the change is not an old-fashioned word that we need to get rid of The change is an incredible branded name that actually does what it says on the label. It changes everything. So by that, our future, the future of Gen M and the world that we want to see is one, that the conversation is normalised. Two, that we actually can understand and support it better. And three, the biggest change that we want to see in the next three to five years is that we really do start to respect the audience of women that we are, that we're talented, we're skilled, and we need to be the best version of ourselves. We can be the best version of ourselves, and we can still be the great asset to the economic economy and society that we know that we are and should be. And it's time that we all thought differently about it. So, and and I'm not ready for being old yet. So,
0: we need <laughs> no, me neither. You know, <laughs> That's a great tagline, though. It changes everything. I'm, it does. I, I yeah, think you need well, to pass.
1: <laughs> It just sums it up. It's back to that phrase and the fact that you know the menopause is the biggest marathon you wouldn't enter it in a pair of slippers well many women laugh and go oh I get it now you know just because you might start running you go into a running shop you buy the best pair of trainers it's not going to make you same bolt, but it might make your experience better and you still go and buy them because you think I want to have this journey you know my feet protected and I want to be able to run the best I can there's nothing wrong with looking to menopause and going what do I need in my back to my toolkit or whatever better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Heather, what a joy to talk to you. Your enthusiasm is uh, just boundless. So I have absolutely no doubt you'll be achieving all those goals for the next couple of years.
1: We we have have the energy, we have the desire, we have the passion, but more importantly, we've got the bronze behind us now. And with bronze the size we have, you can't do something wrong if you do it in the right way and you know our purpose is there their purpose is there and their commitment is there so for any woman who's thinking that actually these brands aren't seeing them they are seeing them they're just working very carefully behind the scenes to actually do it right for when mm-hmm. when they can bring things out and and do it right so and if you've got a brand or a company or you're working with one that you're not you think they could do better politely go and suggest that they can do it better if you're working for an organization mm. that you feel that your managers might need to know about menopause actually come on our site and download the free corp guide to managers that will help any company you can take it into your manager it's and actually you might say oh you know i haven't got a, i'm not an executive i can't make change happen you can download the guide and you can take it to your manager who can then take it to their senior manager who can then take it to the
0: executive Absolutely. And every company it, should have a menopause policy yeah,
1: yeah but <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, you can be a stimulator to making change happen. So let's not all think it's down to people like mm. Jen M or the diviners of this world or, uh, or or anything else to make change happen. Everyone on this call can make change happen. So and true. that's what we want to do with this podcast. Invigorate them to go, what am <laughs> I going to do to make change happen? So thank you very yeah. much. for There for you go, listeners.
0: That. That's your call to action. Go down. there, <laughs> I'll put a link to the website in the show notes. You've got no excuses. Heather and I are telling you go do it (laughs) thank you Heather all right no worries thank you very much you've been listening to the middling along podcast do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live and why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well I do hope you enjoyed listening today if you did I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.